We want to talk about faith. We want to talk about um, politics. We want to talk about race. We want to talk about pop culture. Literally, everything, 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 everything is up for discussion, and that's what French culture is about. about, about, about. You're tuned into Brunch Culture. My name is Randall Keith, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Miss Lisa Victoria. Hey, what's up, y'all? So let's dive right into it. So this week's review, we had some uh, interesting things happen this week. Lisa, kick us off with what happened. Um, first, I want to acknowledge um, what's going on in Iraq right now. Um, it's definitely a sad time with Christians being killed um, because they will not convert. Um, and this is probably foreign to us in the West because we are used to being able to choose what religion we want um, with no kind of consequence. There might be some people who disagree and some intolerance, but we're not actually dying for what we believe in in the West. But in the Middle East and Iraq, there's this terrorist group that is on a mission to eradicate Christians, and they have chosen to kill them if they will not convert. And what one report said that they were actually beheading children and putting their heads on sticks. And wow. I being a parent watching that, um, it's just very, very devastating. So we definitely want to keep them in, in our prayers because I can't can't even imagine that kind of um that kind of thing going on in the US and I couldn't imagine having to deal with that. Right. I mean, it, it makes you. It makes me think about and realize how strong those people's uh, faith is over there. And and I couldn't imagine having to be able to put being put to the test of my faith in that way. That is, that's completely insane to have someone say, "Hey, you know, you are less than a person. Your life is invaluable because you believe in something that I disagree with." That's crazy. Yeah, and I would hope that I would have enough faith if that ever happened, to be able to stand strong um, and not back down. Right, right, right. Definitely that, I mean, those people are admirable for that. So, it's again, we don't realize uh, all of the freedoms that we have here. You know, we complain about a lot of things, but you you look at it, uh, you look at what we have to deal with on, the, on a day-to-day basis and the liberties that we have when compared to other places, we realize truly how blessed we are. Yes, definitely, definitely. And on a, a lighter note, we definitely want to um, kick off um, looking at the Apple um, update coming up. Yes, Apple, Apple, Apple. So for you guys that may not know, I'm a bit of a tech, Apple tech geek. And recently a website, say it again? <laughs> the statement. <laughs> So a bit of uh, a website, Recode.com, also formerly known as All Things D, announced a prediction uh, and started the rumor mill going saying that the iPhone 6 will be announced by Apple on September 9th. So whenever I hear these types of things around this time of year, when August comes, I know that it's coming. So as soon as I hear a rumor, I immediately go to my calendar. So I'm going to take you guys through my process. 
So this was announced about four days ago, probably on Tuesday the 5th. Uh, the rumor hit the mill. So I can expect in about two weeks, around August 19th, Apple will release uh, August 19th, I'm sorry, two to three weeks, August 19th or August 26th, Apple should release their official notification to all of the tech companies, all of the tech blogs that, hey, our conference, uh, we're going to have an announcement on September 9th. That's usually two weeks out. Two weeks from that date, if it is on September 9th, which is a Tuesday, if you follow Apple, all of their big announcements happen on Tuesday at 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 10 a.m. on the West Coast. They make that announcement. The phone will usually come out the Friday, two weeks from that date. So it will be, should come out on Friday the 26th, which means that the software, iOS 8, will come out on September 24th. If it is not that week, then it should come out uh, three weeks out, which will be October 3rd. And the phone, the iPhone 6, will come out on October 3rd, and the iOS 8 software will come out on October 1st. If you don't know about the iPhone 6, it's a really exciting time. Apple has opened the, the OS up to allow a lot of new features that we're really excited about it. I won't go through them all here, but one of the coolest things is we're going to have a larger phone. So we're going to have a uh, – we're scheduled to have a 4.7-inch version of the iPhone 6 as well as a 5.5-inch version, and those will – compete with Samsung's massive, huge phones, which originally, you know, us at Apple were against, but we start to realize the benefits of having more space, more screen size, being able to do more things. So well, I'm excited. Right. Anybody else wonder why he knows this much? Me too. <laughs> uh, I think we should to our main topic. Uh, <laughs> I don't, I didn't sign up to discuss with the Apple store person. <laughs> I think everybody has this knowledge. I'm pretty sure all of our listeners have the same type knowledge that I have. I don't have it because um, I I actually have an iPhone and an iPad, and I have no idea when when all this stuff is scheduled. I don't. You know, we're gonna go ahead and just transition. Um, Today's main topic has to do with our emotions. Simply, I'm hurt. Can we talk about it? And and I want to talk about that. I want to talk about hurt, not Apple. And so, um, <laughs> kick us off. So, today's topic is I'm hurt. Can we talk about it? One of the things we realize that in the young professional world, in our lives, we, we have a lot of emotions, but because we're so pressed to be successful and to you know, be these people that we obtain our, a certain brand and a certain image, oftentimes our true emotions and true feelings are lost in the filter of our life. They're lost somewhere in translation of us trying to, you know, maintain this certain image and be this person, and sometimes we lose that connection. Um, and I think, just think it's really important for us to talk about how do we deal with that and also to point out some ineffective ways that we express ourselves. Uh, three of the main ineffective ways that we want to talk about is expressing ourselves through being passive-aggressive. Uh, the other thing is expressing ourselves through venting, through anger, just kind of lashing out, going out on somebody. And the other one, which I can definitely attest to, I'm very familiar with, is shutting down. So, yeah, what do you yeah. think about that? 
See, I think that we are young professionals. We're we're habitual liars. I mean, we all hate liars, but we are liars because <laughs> on a day-to-day basis, when we're not having our best day, we usually lie about it. When somebody say, hey, how's your day? My day was good. I'm cool. Whatever. And um, form of lying to ourselves and lying to others about our true feelings because we want to display something. And, you know, nine times out of ten, the person, the stranger you're telling your stuff to doesn't care. Um, (laughs) But there are some people who do care. And I I think I had to learn this because it was a really pride issue for me. I wanted to appear in a certain way. I wanted people to think, you know, I was this super woman, I handled stuff, and it really just took a toll on me, and I just realized, hey, I can't keep up this image. I'm going to explode one day if I'm not open to people about how I really feel, and, you know, some, you know, I'm, I'm believe strongly in my faith, uh, and, you know, you think praying about it, and praying about it is cool, but you need to, you need to talk about it. Right. You need to that person and get that out because it's like a poison and if you don't get it out it will it will it will hurt you and it's it's just you know to even today I had some things and I just talked to some people and got it out and I was okay once I did it and I'm just thankful to have that support system and thankful to be open and honest with my feelings because it helps you to grow and it helps you not be passive aggressive when I was um you know, it just in just the last two years, I've been able to say, man, that hurt me, like, where I'm not, like, being passive aggressive because I used to do that. You know, I used to, you know, we subtweet or post these positive messages, but really they're shot at somebody that hurt us, even though they're like, oh, you know, I'm so thankful that God removed me from this certain person. <laughs> this was somebody, really, come on. Right. You know. <laughs> It as if encouragement or everybody can't roll with you, you know, we post these little things. And, you know, they're really passive-aggressive ways. Instead of going to the person and saying, you hurt my feelings, that hurt, can we talk about it? And I think it's always better to repair a broken relationship than the distance from that person because you're you're going to end up seeing them in another person. So might as well work it out with them. Right, right. And it's, it's so one of the things I specifically want to talk about, and, of course, coming from this is coming from uh, dealing specifically with men, and I think we aren't really allowed. Society doesn't really give us the ability to express emotions. Um, we really kind of only have three ways that we can feel. We can either be extremely happy, extremely upset, or really, really lusting behind a woman. But those three things are the only emotions that we're allowed to feel. We really aren't allowed to talk about hey, uh, this is how I feel about this. This hurts my feelings. Or to just really admit that something bothers us. And I think it's something that's really important for us to do. Uh, I think it's something that we have to acknowledge that there's a need for. I think we will be able to conduct ourselves in a lot better way, be stronger men, and really learn how to handle our business if we are allowed the ability to say, hey, this bothers me, I'm concerned about this, or, you know, I I don't feel comfortable or secure in myself in this moment or or things like that, if we're giving the the ability to express ourselves truly and to really talk things out and communicate 
it just equips us to take on the world and to just be even more successful and sustain that success in our lives. Uh, personally, it's not something that I realized until a relationship that I had, a very significant relationship in which my ex-girlfriend allowed me to cry. She basically told me that it was okay. She kind of taught me how to sense and to know when it's time to get something out. And it's not always bawling um, that, that you need to do, but sometimes it is just, you know what, in this moment, I, I need you to hug me. In this moment, I need to just kind of let this thing out without physically harming somebody, but just kind of disarm myself and unload off to someone else. And I think ultimately it's important, and I think we – uh, as young professionals have to challenge ourselves and, you know, as men challenge our brothers, challenge our homeboys, our friends to do those things. Hey, man, you know, are you diving in with someone and kind of just hashing out the issues that you have? And especially if you're relate in a relationship and you guys are working towards potentially getting married, this lady is going to be your helpmate. You, she should be uh, you know, the first person that you feel comfortable enough to let it out, and she should also support you in that and allowing you to do that. And I think that's just really important. It's something that we don't really talk about um, or allow ourselves to do as men. And I think, too, just as from a lady's perspective, I think women vent in, in wrong ways. Like, it's it's a difference. Like, you can communicate and get your feelings out with in an anger-venting way, that's not helpful because it's kind of like you never confess that you're actually hurt. You're like, right. oh, I'm a, I can't believe she did this, and you're kind of you're angry and you're venting, but that's not the helpful venting. The helpful venting is to say, man, that angered me because I had an expectation for this person, and they fell below that expectation, and that hurt me because that reminds me of a past behavior or something that somebody else did to me, and that that's when the healing comes because you're being honest of why this emotion hurt you so much because it connected to an old emotion that made you feel a certain type of way, and you don't want to feel that anymore. So you're like, man, that's the kind of openness that heals. The angry venting doesn't necessarily do anything but make you more bitter, but the helpful healing that makes you better is when you're honest about your emotions, why that emotion hurts you, and why it made you feel that way. And it's kind of like, my thing is, if you're going to be upset with somebody and shut down and don't even give them the right to defend themselves, you're not helping the situation. Because right. one of the people don't know, sometimes, half the time they don't know they offended you. So let them know that they offended you, or they don't even remember. And let them know and say, hey, this offended me, this hurt me. And most of the time they're going to apologize and say, I'm sorry, I didn't even know. And, you know, that's, that's helpful. But if you just shut down and you do passive-aggressive things, it's kind of like, okay, you're not going to get the response from the passive-aggressiveness you want because they're going to see it and they're going to acknowledge it in their mind and they might not acknowledge it with you. Like, you know, right. when people do aggressive things to me, I see it and at this point in my life, I'm not going to be petty with you. I'm just going to let you do what you got to do, and I'm going to distance myself from you. Let him go. go. Yeah. <laughs> let him go. Let him go. <laughs> so you're not going to get the response you want. The only way you're going to get the response you need that's going to heal the situation is if you actually talk to them. Right. And I, I think it's important, too, to acknowledge, uh, this is, of, of course, coming from someone that did it, that shutting down mentality, it does nothing but hurt you. You, you do nothing but hurt yourself. Um, it's almost, as stated earlier, it's, it's really like a poison. It's like you're, you're, you're giving yourself this poison that's 
brewing and boiling inside of you, and, and it's just growing and growing and growing, and ultimately you either uh, cause yourself to be damaged beyond repair or you cause yourself to blow up and to ruin everything that you have good going for yourself because you let everyone else down. You messed up an expectation. You acted outside of your character. You did something that was completely, you know, left field that you can't recover from. And it really all stemmed from you not communicating, you not talking about it. I think it makes you feel uh, when we shut down, it makes you feel powerful. It makes you feel that you have something to get someone. It makes you feel that, oh, you know what, it's going to bother them and eat them alive that, you know, I won't talk to them and I want them to see how I feel. And ultimately, that you may have the upper hand for a little while, but that person is going to make the decision, and oftentimes they do. They make the decision to move forward and to move on to find happiness for themselves. Meanwhile, you can't find happiness because that thing is still stuck inside of you and you're still holding on to it and dealing with it. And it's so crazy because you'll see that person sometime on and they'll just be happy and jovial and just living life and you're wondering, well, why are you not mad and upset like I am? Why is this not hurting you like it hurt me? Well, it's only hurting you because you just didn't open up about it. You chose to take the the cowardly way out and shut down and not talk about it and really not come to a solution. Yeah, and here's the thing, people. Here's the thing, folks. Um, You – Nine times out of ten, when you're upset and you're doing this passive-aggressive thing, you care about the person. So it's kind of dumb if you want the relationship to be passive-aggressive because you're you're now hurting them. And it's kind of like if they don't respond passive-aggressively or they don't see it, they're going to distance themselves from you. So now the relationship that you want, you're not going to be able to have because now you're creating damage. And so if you're responding passive aggressively, it's because you want them in your life, but you want them to do something different. So you're basically ruining the relationship instead of helping it. Right. You can communicate, like just communicate. So one thing that I realized, and I want to make sure that we we touch on uh, during this conversation is Often we, we do a lot of talking about expressing ourselves. We do a lot of talking about how important it is for us to open up to people, to have those people in our lives. And I think you and I are both blessed, you know, to have each other that we can vent to about things as well as to have uh, a good group of friends, supportive people that we can truly be transparent with, we can open up with. Those people will let us know, you know, when we're right and wrong, but support us through it all um, and just allow us to really vent and to get our feelings. But I want to acknowledge that there are people that exist that don't have that. There are people that, you know, may realize that it's important, that it's needed in their life and for their success, but unfortunately they don't have that type of support system. Maybe they have reached out to people before and been burned. They've shared some things with someone, and that information has turned into uh, the latest gossip in the rumor mill. Or, you know, they, it, they've been the butt of every joke, or they had someone judge them because of something they opened up about. So how does one go about having that? How does one go about creating or finding, you know, that support system, that group of people, when you realize that it's important, but you just don't have it? How, how does that work? 
I think one of the things, the deceptions of being hurt is that I can't trust anybody. And then you you build this wall up, and then you never <laughs> you you never get hurt on the outside, but you never get healed on the inside. And mm-hmm. so wh- wh- you're kind of no matter what kind of relationship in, you're going to be hurt, and because you're dealing with imperfect people, and and you're going to get hurt intentionally, going to get hurt unintentionally. It's a part of life. So if I if I put this wall around myself, I'll never be helped. Yeah, I might not have any new hurt, but the old hurt will be worse than new hurt because it's going to be brewing and I never get it out, and it'll just eat me eat away at me. And I think if you don't have anybody, try counseling or try your pastor, um, you know, somebody to vent to. And, and, and counseling is not taboo. Um, I've been to counseling, and it wasn't like, oh, you know, you're – I'm clinically depressed or I'm bipolar. It was just maintenance because sometimes I don't process hard events well, and I just keep them bottled up inside. So one of my friends, my roommate, actually, she was like, hey, I think you should um, go see um, this counselor um, just to talk through something that happened in your life because, you, hey, it sounds like you haven't processed it. You just kept moving and I took her advice, and it was one of the best things I could have did. I only had to go to, like, four or five sessions where I just talked through a specific incident that happened some years back that I never processed. And once right. I got past it, okay, good. You're past it. I think you're good. Just make sure anything else that comes, you process it so you won't have this buildup of emotions where you shut down in a particular area. Yeah. And, and, and move forward. Yeah, it's so it's really interesting because that's something that I know that uh, it's kind of always just been, you know, this taboo thing to, to say nobody wants to admit that, oh, I have a counselor or I just went to a counseling session. Um, I remember in undergrad, which is the first time someone suggested that I go to counseling and I was looking at them like they were crazy, um, I had just lost my, my, my pops in undergrad, a, a lot of friendships I grew from, um, one uh, had a friend that died. Uh, my great, both of my great grandmothers died in that same year. So I was going through a lot of stuff, but I actually never talked about it, never processed it, never dealt with it. I just kept going, going, going. And I remember going into the office of one of my advisors, and he simply said, "You need to go see a counselor." And I was looking at him like, "What do you mean I need to see a counselor? I'm good. Yeah, I'm not crazy. Crazy people go to counseling. Yada 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 yada." And uh, he basically just kind of he said, "I see my counselor." you know, twice a month just to, to talk talk about things and filter through things. And so I'm looking at him, you know, you're a black male, you're going to see a counselor, and you're telling me about it as if it's something to be proud of. You're not embarrassed about it. I thought it was crazy. Um, and I didn't go then, but I went maybe about a year and a half ago uh, after um, going through some stuff with um, the relationship that I got out of, and it was really, really hard. And I went to a counselor. I had to go. I went every day for a week straight, sat down with a guy for like an hour, hour and a half, and we were just kind of filtering through things. And what I realized is that he kind of equipped me with tools that would help me process things better, to process disappointment, to process pain, to really put my life and the people in my life into perspective and my way of thinking. And he didn't tell me what to do about my problems because I know sometimes – 
I kind of look at things as I don't need nobody to tell me what to do. I got it. But I realized he didn't tell me about my problems. He basically just walked me through ways to better handle them and, and to look at things. And that ultimately allowed me to be in this space now in life where I see the importance of communicating. I see the importance of walking out things and talking out things. So, you know, I think one of the things I want to make sure that everyone understands is it's okay. You're not, it does not mean that you're crazy if you go to counseling. It's actually something that's very healthy and you don't have to do it just because you have a problem. Some people go regularly and meet with a counselor or a therapist just so they can make sure that things are good. Life can be going great. You just got a promotion at your job. You just move forward in something. But you want to go see this counselor just to make sure that you are okay. Yes, yeah, yeah. And I think um, one of the things that helped me um, to go, um, I, when I went to a church in D.C. called Alpha Street Baptist Church, and the pastor, um, Dr. Howard John Wesley, is very open about his his necessity to go see a counselor on a regular basis and that he has more acts in his life. And it's just like to see, you know, your pastor or somebody that you admire say, hey, I pray about it, but I still talk through it, and it's okay. And yeah. I'm not I just have to get this stuff out. And I think that being open about it helps it remove the taboo stigma behind it. Yeah. Right. But – that's all for our main topic today. We want to get into our random topic. Today's random topic is about this lady, y'all, in the UK. <laughs> On this air and through her prosthetic leg, let me tell you something. I already am not good on airplanes. If they, <laughs> if it really just a little bit of turbulence. I immediately go into self-preservation mode. I begin <laughs> what it's going to be like to experience death. Am I ready to meet Jesus? I start confessing my sins. I just know <laughs> if I'm in the secular music, it's about to go to gospel. Everything got to change. <laughs> I'm about to die. Get your life right in 30 seconds. <laughs> it's going to be, you know, I need to really clear my mind and make sure I'm all right so I can go. Um, and, uh, I, you know, I couldn't imagine waking up and seeing, you know, you already, when, you, when you're waking up, it's hazy, and seeing somebody pull something off their leg and it fly, and I'm just, and you, when you're sleeping, you're not going to process that it's a fake leg. It's going to be like, in your mind, somebody just really pulled their leg from their socket. Right. And you wonder why ain't no blood following it. So the crazy thing is this lady, she's 48 years old. Let's put things into perspective. She's 48 years old. She was actually drunk. Um, she has a prosthetic leg. Apparently she was upset because she wanted some cigarettes. So she started to fight and argue. She started to swear at the, the staff. She took off her leg started to fight them with her leg. Once they got the prosthetic leg from her, a passenger uh, that was interviewed said that she used her, she continued to fight with them using her good leg. When I read that line, number one, 
I was floored. It probably wasn't the funniest thing living it. The flight had to be uh, diverted to a nearby airport just to make sure everybody was safe. But the fact that this lady has a prosthetic leg that she's using as an assault weapon on a plane is pretty random and pretty dang on ridiculous. This was, like, probably the most random topic story that we have heard in the history of brunch culture. This was really, really crazy. I'm not sure anything can top this. Yeah, I just, I I know I couldn't be on that plane because I probably would immediately die from shock that I'm right. about to die. <laughs> you're going to put that kill switch that I told you God gave me. You just automatically just die. Now on the fight. Is a leg, a prosthetic leg flying around? Oh, oh, I'm dead. I'm dead. I just died. Because <laughs> I can't, I can't put you off this plane. Because if I if I open that door, I'm a die too. So right. it's, I just, I'm trying. I I don't know what to do. What what am I supposed to do? So I don't. <laughs> well, thank you for tuning in to this episode of Brunch Culture, and we want you to check us out on social media and and hashtag chat BC. Um, on social media to get involved with the conversation today. Um, check us out on at Brunch Culture on Instagram at Brunch underscore Culture and on Facebook at Facebook.com backslash Brunch Culture. And you can check out all our social media sites and links in our past episodes on BrunchCultureBC.com. And remember, thank you for tuning in. Check us out every Saturday and at Brunch Culture. Everything. Every- it's up for discussion. All right.